0: We'll
4: Welcome into Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. I'm your host Sarah Perlman, of course, with the Wheel Capper, my good friend Drew Dinsick. Coming up on today's podcast, Corey Parson is joining us. He's going to help us handicap the final night in the NBA before the All Star break. We're also going to dive into which teams have been the best and the worst so far to back against the number in the NBA this season. Tom Casale is going to join the show in just a little bit. He's going to give us all his plays in college basketball for tonight. Also get into why it might be wise to fade Kansas and the conference futures. You don't want to miss that. And, of course, we have our Edge of the Day. Best Bets coming up and a lot more here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Drew, what's going on?
3: Oh, nothing bad. Just enjoying the uh, tail end of the Olympics uh, just some crazy drama. I don't know if you caught the, uh, push alert lately, but, uh, women's figure skating. Uh, I won't spoil it for anyone who is saving it for the primetime broadcast, but you're going to want to tune in.
4: Well, also we need to talk about hockey last night. The oh yeah. God. Probably showed us what might have occurred. <sighs> Canada beat USA. In women's hockey, that was a fantastic game. And ultimately, that's now coming down to the wire with the gold medal markets. And that's where I'm going to rely on you to kind of take us through what we're looking for. We're going to pull up the medals right now. And if I look, Norway, currently the, the gold medal totals, Norway at 14, their total was 19 and a half. Mm-hmm. Germany at 10, their total was 10 and a half. And then USA is sitting at eight. And their gold medal counter total rather over under was set at eight and a half. What are we sweating out here? as we get through the Olympics
3: a little bit of everything (laughs) it turns out all these numbers were very sharp (laughs) except for Canada's was way 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 too high um but uh yeah no the uh, I guess yeah last night's uh women's hockey to kind of close the loop on that we outshot them two to one did not matter uh they took advantage of every opportunity that they had and the team USA they had a couple of absolute golden opportunities no pun intended, early in that match to kind of seize control. They did not take it. It was a tough watch. Uh, Congratulations to Team Canada for a well-deserved win. Um, And, yeah, now Team USA, as far as gold medals go, thanks to two very, very fortuitous snowboard cross gold medals by our 36- and 40-year-old athletes, Uh, We are at eight, and we are pushing this eight and a half uh, very, very hard right now. Um, There are about 20 events left, and realistically, the United States only has a chance to win gold in two of those. One of them that you have to pay the most attention to is the men's ski halfpipe. Uh, Right now, Nico Porches of New Zealand is the um, proverbial favorite right there. He had a fine qualifying. He was the second qualifier. Really didn't show us much of the best of what he can do. But Team USA has the second, third, and fifth best skiers in that competition. So if any of those guys puts down a gold medal winning run, then the Team USA total is cooked. Um, realistically, well, will you, will you yeah.
4: hedge at all? I mean, you obviously. Coming so what's on this funny show... is
3: I ended up most of my action was at under nine and a half, and so I actually can you're now in a real
4: yeah. Good it's,
3: it feels like it's going to land right in the middle. Um, I don't think that I can realistically tell you which of the U.S. This is the problem. I don't know who of these USA athletes is the guy that's going to get it done. Uh, Adam, Aaron, Blunk, uh, Alex, Ferreira. David Wise, Burke Irving even has a chance like all well, four of those guys. Way too many opportunities. So I think realistically, if, if I could find a yes, no market with Nico Portius of New Zealand in it and take the no on Nico, then one of the USA guys wins, then that covers me a little bit. So, I, so, Cause I do have some under eight and a half for USA as well. So don't want that to lose, um, but uh, it's gonna be a sweat. The only other realistic possibility for team USA to get a gold medal is the two woman bobsled. Kaylee Humphries, who was, I believe the mono Bob gold medalist uh, has a realistic shot to win a second gold. Uh, she of course uh, defected from team Canada Uh, She's a trader, but uh, that's fine. Um, You know, she's bringing gold medals to the United States. That's fine. Uh, But yeah, the the two-woman bobsled Germany likely to get their gold there. Um, as well as the four-man bobsled for Germany, so Germany probably makes their total. I'm predicting them right now to land 12 gold medals. Norway, I think, still comes under. I'm projecting them to win 17 and take the most gold medals market. Um, and uh, overall, it's been a pretty entertaining Olympics, I have to say, despite the uh, the uh, efforts of China to make it uh, you know difficult to watch.
4: It's been something over there. I'll just say that I spent a lot of time yesterday, and this is me being serious, through watching curling highlights on Twitter. Ooh, so that's how you know good last name. Crazy. And that's how you know that the NFL season's over when I'm spending way too much time watching <laughs> curling highlights. Because unlike you, I never did that until this year. So Yeah. I'm now into you, it. It might you be. My you thing. remember
3: when we were talking curling, we were talking about how Ken Palm makes numbers, right? Correct. Um, yes. He was market leader by a mile on the Swiss women who are the now the one seed uh likely to win the gold medal. Uh, you know, he had the the Swiss women skip. Uh, as the clear favorite in that field and the market was not there. I saw some people pick up 20 to one on Switzerland to win gold in women's curling. So uh, for some of my friends cheering for your Swiss gals.
4: Okay, well, Ken Palm does that, obviously, college basketball. I'm going to reference that later in the show as we get to Edge of the Day, but so much more to break down here. Uh, But first, NBC Sports Edge Plus is giving you an NBA midseason offer. You get 20% off an Edge Plus annual subscription throughout February when you use the promo code STU20. So finish your fantasy regular season strong at one low price. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use the promo code STU20, S-T-E-W-20, at checkout to save today. Getting ready for the All-Star break in the association, let's bring Corey in to help us with all things basketball. Fairly quickly, though, Corey, I do have to uh, give you credit calling Rutgers over Illinois last night. How about that?
2: The Rutgers Scarlet Knights, the giant killers in college basketball this year, Vaughn, they have wins over Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Tonight, they're gunning for Illinois, my Rutgers, Scarlet Knights. You know what? Get points better on the phone. I'm betting Rutgers to the final four. Let's go, baby. Well, thank you. I am officially the new Ken Palm. So there you go right there. We don't have to talk about Ken Palm no more. We can talk about Core Palm, there you go. (laughs) Core Palm. You're also the
4: exec on ice. So this guy does it all. I envy (laughs) you for that, Corey, you do. (laughs) Well, let's get into the uh, the association. I want I want to begin here before we get to college basketball. But kudos to you, that was an incredible game last night. Obviously, Rutgers came home with these, winning 70 to 59 against Illinois. But nonetheless, uh, the NBA. Let's let's start here. I'm curious to get your opinion and how we now handicap some of the teams. For example, that have done incredible against the number, right? Those trendy teams, like your Grizzlies, for example, yeah. 40 and 20 against the number, which That's is awesome. crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So we look at the Grizz. Um, how are you now betting some of these teams, the Cavs, the Thunder, the better teams against the number uh, as we move forward to pass the All-Star break?
2: Well, what you're seeing, particularly with, with, with the Grizzlies, and the, first of all, the Grizzlies with 40 ATS wins at the break. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, they, I, I believe they, if they haven't projected their win, they have one game, they need one more win to go over on their win total. When you look at the Grizzlies and Cavaliers, for the most part, it's really being undervalued in the beginning of the season as a dog, and then now they're being undervalued as a favorite. So what these teams have shown is they they can win in both the underdog and the favorite role. So two teams that, you know, people didn't expect them to be where they're at this season. These are two teams firmly in the playoff race in their conference. So that's basically what you're seeing with these squads. The Grizzlies do have a bit of a tough stretch after we come out of the all-star break. But these are two teams that will miss the play-in tournament and we'll go straight to the uh, regular playoffs this year. And when you get to the Thunder, it's a little more difficult with the Thunder, obviously, undervalued every night. But what you got to worry about when you're banging the Thunder is when are they going to really go into full-time tank mode? We're going to see that at some point in the second half of the season. So I'd be careful riding them.
3: Of course, the uh, worst teams against the number, as you would not be uh, not be surprised to know. Ah, uh, the Wizards twenty-one and thirty-five against the spread so far this season. Rockets twenty-three and thirty-three. Nets twenty-three and thirty-two. All three teams underachieving. Wizards, amazingly, they got me last night. Uh, Isaiah Todd played five minutes and was a his plus-minus was minus fourteen somehow, uh, and they lose the game by like six points, five points. So, well, let's give credit uh, to
4: the Rockets though on the other side, Drew.
3: Yes, the Rockets came through in spectacular fashion. And you know what?
4: Ridiculous. They,
3: thre- they threaded the needle of covering the spread without winning a game. Like, that's really what the name of the game is for a lot of these tanking teams this time of year. And got a lot of their young guys some meaningful run in a game that was very competitive. So good on the Rockets. Uh, curious if you have any takes on uh, who has been the uh, uh, the best teams to back overs and unders so far this season. Uh, it looks like the Timberwolves and the Heat pretty clearly uh, the best teams to the over, where the Mavericks and the Cavaliers have been absolutely printing money to the under. Um, have you? Do you have any expectation that this carries through to the second half of the season?
2: Well, I think the Timberwolves are a team that you really – I think that we're going to continue to see a team that we can ride the over with, the first of all, that pace that they play. And then the development of their stars on offense. We know what Towns is able to do, but I don't know if we would think that Anthony Edwards this quickly would have been this good of an offensive player. Obviously, getting Russell back helps that offense out a lot and at the pace they play to get up and down the court. The Heat, I think, are a team that you expect to hit the under so they're probably mispriced or undervalued uh, to the over a little bit. So I think that's why you see the Heat up there. And as far as the teams that are, you know, to the under, you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks with Jason Kidd. Obviously, defense is a big part. As a matter of fact, the Mavericks and the Cavaliers on a points-allowed basis are number one and number two in the NBA. So that's why you see those teams – as good teams to bet to the under. I would expect those trends to continue into the second half of the season.
4: Mavericks 37 19 and 2 to the under, been so profitable for those reasons. Their defense showing up, they're playing the Pelicans by the way, tonight. The total 214, the Mavericks laying three in tonight's matchup. So, kind of gathering all this information, getting ready for the All Star break. Are you attacking any of these teams that we've just discussed, whether against the number or on the total side?
2: I actually, well, this is let me tell you something. This is like going to be a crazy night. We saw what happened last night. Last night was a wild <laughs> night in the NBA. I think tonight could be a wild night in the NBA too because you don't know where the motivation and the focus is with these teams as we push towards the break. Some guys are in Cabo already, you know what I'm saying? So you gotta, mentally, you gotta
4: they're there, for sure. Yeah,
2: exactly. You just, so am I. But mentally, you got to guard against that. Mentally,
4: <laughs> mentally, I'm always in Cabo, Corey.
2: <laughs> mentally, you got to guard against that. With that being said, I do like to under in this contest. We talked about how profitable the Mavericks have been to the under, not to mention the fact that Pelicans, since they started to play better the past month or so, some of their defense, do to see more Pelicans unders come in, particularly when they're at a home team. So give me the under. Uh, I got, I took a guy this morning under 215 and a half, so I feel good about the direction it's going. in. That
3: sounds about right to me. And uh, I guess you've earned a good uh, trip to Cancun probably. We should flash back and give you a hat tip for preseason. Yeah. You were all over the Rams, and I was not. And I came around to your side, and we uh, we were celebrating victorious uh, Super Bowl success. But uh, congratulations to your uh, prognostication on the Rams preseason. Um, yeah, man, it
2: worked out pretty well. Shout out to the Rams for making me look smart.
3: <laughs> yeah, well done. Uh, the Heat, uh, interestingly enough, are five point favorites tonight against the Hornets. I'm wondering, uh, Hornets kind of not in a great spot. First game back after a long road trip, uh, and then you know looking at some you know a, a decent break coming up with none of their players making the All Star game. Do you think you get an honest effort out of the Hornets tonight, or do the Heat bury these guys?
2: Here's the thing: I'm laying a number with the Heat mainly because the Heat are streaking on the road right now, and the Hornets are on something like a six game losing streak at home. So I'm continuing those two trends to continue. Now, obviously, the Heat may not have JB tonight and Jimmy Butler. So that makes it a little bit difficult. You want to keep an eye on that situation. And when it comes to the Hornets, the one thing they do have is if they give it a victory tonight, they could be 500 at the All-Star break. That might give them some kind of motivation. But by the same token, the Heat could go into the break with the best record in the Eastern Conference. So there goes the motivation for those two teams. The Hornets may kill a little bit more than the Heat. With that being said, I'm not getting in front of what the Heat are doing on the road right now, so I'm going to stick with Miami in this one.
4: Yeah, I like that side as well. They beat the Hornets 104-86 to less than two weeks ago. Not to mention the Hornets struggling right now, Corey. One and eight over their last nine games. Only when they picked up during that little stretch going on was against the Detroit Pistons. Um, How about that? <laughs> but another team that might be losing, as Drew talked about, and, and Drew crushed this play on our show last night, grabbing the Rockets plus around 16 or 15 points against the Phoenix Suns are now taking on the Clippers and yet again huge underdogs are getting 11 against the Clippers they only lost by three to the Phoenix Suns yesterday put up a fight throughout the game so seen some movement on this game right now Clippers laying 11 total at 230 are you willing to go back and uh Go with the Houston Rockets to cover the number and probably lose.
2: Yeah, going with the, yeah, and just, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> they're going to cover the number and probably lose, which is fine with me. I'm just trying to get the cover. You know, good teams win, great teams cover. Here's the thing this Clipper team is a very interesting basketball team. They're very good against the spread, right? The thing about it is, I don't know how they're doing it. No Paul why no <laughs> It's just like they just got these guys that come in there, the Reggie Jackson's. And they hit shots and in, in key moments. Um, this is a situation where I think they're biting off a little bit too much. This year, they have been double-digit favorites twice this season, only two ATS in those games, two and o on the money line in those games. So I like the Houston Rockets to uh to come in here and get this cover before we head out to the break. I would even sprinkle a little something on the money line, you know, just to be safe.
4: Opened at 10. Money obviously came in on the clippers, pushed this yeah. to 11. Drew, curious, are you going back? And taking the Rockets for tonight after their cover last night?
3: This one is a weird one because this is the end of a little triangle. We saw Suns Clippers on Tuesday. We saw Suns Rockets yesterday. And now we get Clippers Rockets tonight. The closing line math doesn't work for any of this. <laughs> so I think this is Rockets are past surely. And uh, I agree with Corey's general sentiment that, um, you know, the Clippers are getting done in ways that are very tough to figure out. Um, But, uh, yeah, my true uh, spread between these two teams is only about seven points. So 11 is way too many. I'm not sure what's going on with that market.
4: Okay, looking at the 11, seems like, obviously, Drew's in agreement, grabbing the 11 with Corey for the Houston Rockets. Corey's on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec, and you can read all of the trends that we talked about at the beginning of the show, going through the best against the number teams in the NBA, and, of course, the trends towards the over and under. As we get ready for the NBA, All star-bake Corey. Best of luck with all of your plays, and, of course, everyone listening can listen to Corey and Vaughn on Wednesdays on the morning edition of Bet the Edge. We'll talk to you soon, Corey. Take
2: care, everybody. Have a nice weekend.
0: There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. The world record again! God, for the United States, unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock.
4: Bet the Edge is expanding. Drew and I are hosting Bet the Edge Game Time on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern to get you armed with all of the last-minute insight, information, and trends you'll need to make your wagers before the games begin. So make sure to check it out on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Drew, I, I we just talked about the Rockets for probably more yeah. time than we ever have on this show, but you <laughs> called that last night, and that was a... Dare I say rocking chair winner on our Wednesday edition.
3: Yeah, and game time is great because we do a segment called Drew's Clues where I pull out my uh, magnifying glass and I Still do so basic jealous. I do basic math for you guys where we talk about how The Clippers close as twelve and a half point dogs in Phoenix on Tuesday. The Rockets close as 17 point dogs in Phoenix on Wednesday. The math would tell you there's only about five point difference between the Clippers and the Rockets. So why in the world are they plus eleven? Uh, is home field advantage in, in the crypt really worth six points. I don't, you were at the so crypt last week. So, so you tell me it's definitely not, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of casuals at the crypt. Let me tell you, um, it is a fun time though. It's a good time. Fair um, enough. most people just going to be seen if you ask me. Um, okay. but yeah, no, definitely check out bet. The edge game time Wednesday, 6. PM. We get you right up to tip with all of the last minute information you need to know to get your wagers in, in a, in a plus EV manner.
4: Now, the NBA All-Star break might be coming up. We've got a lot of college basketball games to get into. We welcome in our guy, Tom Casali to help us with the slate tonight. Tom, I'll keep it simple. Uh, yesterday, you came on Bet the Edge Game. Time gave out a ton of action on the slate. So I'm curious, tonight, if you look at the card, do you have a favorite play on the board right now we want to get involved in?
1: Yeah. So for tonight, I mean, you can count on one hand how many times I take double digit favorites in college basketball, and this will be the largest favorite (laughs) that I take all year. I think Houston is in a great spot to blow UCF out of the water. I took UCF plus seven at home against Houston the first time they played. They shot 21% from three. Houston's defense was all over them. Uh, And Houston has one of the best three-point shooting defenses in the country. So UCF, who relies on the long ball, really struggled. The other thing is this, is UCF turns the ball over a ton. And coming off two losses now at home, I imagine Houston's defensive intensity is going to be sky high for this game. I see this one being over early. So if you don't want to lay the 13 and a half, maybe take the first half number, but it feels like a eighty one fifty five Houston win tonight.
3: Fantastic. Well, you had a dead read in Texas last night with the Texas Red Raiders. So let's go back to the well with Houston, right? Uh, you have uh, math advanced models would say this should be about a 16, 16 and a half point yes. spread. So I think that's, uh, that's a fair opportunity to get involved with the uh, with the chalk even albeit rare. How about a, a, a short favorite uh, or a short dog? you have any read on uh, any of this action uh, in the uh, Atlantic seaboard here where we see, say, Towson taking on the UNC Wilmington Seahawks?
1: Yeah, so UNC Wilmington has been a cash cow for me this year. I think I've tweeted about them more than any team uh, this season. because I they do were- think
4: you do as well, Tom. I follow you on Twitter, seeing a lot of your tweets about this team.
1: Yeah. So if you can, if you can sift through all my bad takes, like the Rams aren't going to win anything, then sometimes you find a nugget like a uh, UNC Wilmington who wasn't projected to be very good this year, but ended up winning 12 games in a row. One of those wins was over Towson uh, in Towson in overtime 81, 77. But if you look at that game, it's a little misleading because Towson kind of dominated everything, but Wilmington uncharacteristically went to the foul line a lot. They don't typically shoot a lot of foul shots. So I really like the Tigers here in the rematch. The, they're my number one team in the CAA. I think they can actually give a team some trouble in the NCAA tournament if they get Ooh. there. The they have a huge rebounding edge. They have more talent. UNC Wilmington, 15 and 8 against the spread. Towson, one of the few teams more profitable at 17 and 8 against the spread. So I'm going to take the Tigers minus the three on the road.
4: Yeah, not even against the spread. Towson's been playing really good basketball. They won 10 of their last 12, laying the three on the road versus UNC Wilmington. Love that play. Drew talked about it as we brought you on. You've had a really good read, not only on the Big 12, but especially in particular some of the teams in the Big 12, like Texas Tech getting it done last night. Fantastic game. A 10-point win over Baylor. How are you now attacking the Big 12? You know, we try to revisit this as we get ready for Selection Sunday. How do you think, or how do you rather, see this playing out as Kansas still the favorite plus-one 75, Baylor plus 190, Texas 6 to 1, and then the Red Raiders coming off that big win last night looking at plus 650 to win the Big 12.
1: So, one of the things I learned over the years and I try to do is not be married to futures. So, I bet Kansas before the season at 18 to 1. I don't like Kansas as much now. Uh, sure, they can make the Elite Eight or the Final Four, but I just don't think they have the right team to beat some of the better teams in the country. In terms of the Big 12 in general, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech makes the deepest run in the tournament. I don't know if they're going to win the conference, though, because they have that tough game at Texas on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I could see them losing that game. I'm not going to bet that game because I don't want to take 30 years off my life. It's going to be 50 to 50 with 30 seconds left. But that's one of those games I think Texas might come in and steal. I don't like Texas in the long term. I'm not as high on Kansas. Baylor, to me, is interesting because they've had a lot of injuries. Mm. How are they going to be healthier for the tournament? That That's the team that worries me a little bit because I don't think they're nearly as good as last year. So in my opinion, I think right now, overall, in the futures market, Texas Tech has the most value. I just don't know if they're going to win the conference.
3: I got to tell you, I have a sort of recipe, for lack of a better description, of who to really look to make a run in March Madness. and about. Let's see. Five uh, Big 12 teams qualify as like pay attention to them. And Kansas is not one of them. Kansas does not shoot free throws well. They do not create turnovers. And they're they're They rely way too much on the three ball going in Um, and And they don't defend in the paint. They don't even know they have size. So Uh, we saw that with Kentucky. Every single box that you want to kind of be good at, they don't qualify. I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, I I'm with you. I think Kansas is going to be a brilliant fade come March Madness, especially you know put them in those neutral gyms with lots of space, and you know in the second and you know in the, in the uh, third and and uh, Final Four potentially if they even get there. Um, yeah, no, I'm no, with you. And and, yeah. and
1: if Kansas somehow plays Auburn, you can back up the Brinks truck. That'll oh. be my biggest bet in the last two decades.
3: <laughs> Ooh.
1: Well, now i'm hoping that that's like a
3: potential final a uh, potential elite eight head to head that would be cool um Incredible. although yeah okay good good deal all right we're on the same page good stuff yeah. tom
4: i know a, a lot, lot of it. our guys with nbc sports edge have futures on texas tech not in the big 12 to win the national championship i side with that that's a great future and there's actually still some value in the market to get in on them but it is interesting to hear about kansas being the favorite or favorite rather to win the big 12 and uh not a lot of faith in this team moving forward tom We always appreciate you joining the show. Best of luck with all your plays for tonight. If you are not already following Tom on Twitter, please do so at the Tom Casale. So much of his plays there. And of course, you can read all of his written content on NBCSportsEdge.com. All of his plays offering a ton of value on the website and college hoops. Tom, thank you so much again.
1: Thanks for having me. And I appreciate you having Corey on first. I didn't want to have to follow Drew giving out Monobob futures. That's a a tough act to follow. Thank you.
4: (laughs) Thanks, Tom. It is tough. It is tough. I work with you on a daily basis. He handicaps everything, and I come on and I'm like, "Please,
3: Sarah." I got into the mud this week, big time. What I happened? Betting, I was betting Brazilian Super League women's volleyball on Tuesday. <laughs> this is what happens Why? as the NFL Why? season winds down. You end up finding crazy, crazy things to get involved. Are you
4: watching camp. it? Is or are some of your friends and your you know?
3: No, no, there's a guy who's extremely, extremely talented originator in all sports. And he basically scraped a bunch of Super League volleyball data and came up with fairs. Yeah, yeah, it was great.
4: So you know what? Yeah. You can't be upset if you want It's different if you lost a bunch of money. No, are no, no. It?
3: It's tough to get much money down on Brazilian Super League women's volleyball. But seeing uh, as I've never heard of now.
4: Brazilian Super League volleyball, I wouldn't know you could bet on it. So Super I learned Liga. something new. I,
3: excuse me. Superliga. Liga. Super
4: yeah, Liga. Have, well, I'm sure yeah. it's fun to watch in person. Drew, you never cease <laughs> to amaze me. I say that all the time. And I leave it there. I'm exhausted thinking about you at whatever hour it was watching and betting this, but I respect it. And next time, if you have that kind of insight, shoot your girl a text. I'll try to get involved. But nonetheless, it's time to get into our edge of the day, our best bet that is probably not in Brazilian volleyball. That's what I assume, at least. Where are we going?
3: Well, we're going to stick in the NBA. We have one final... Day here before a well deserved week off of handicapping the NBA. Are you ready for Uh, a week off, by the way? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, you earned it. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, but uh, no, the I, it's going to be fun next week. We'll probably get into some tennis for some edge of the day. We'll definitely find some creative ways to uh, still bring you some good betting content. But um, maybe some more volleyball picks. Who knows? Uh, but uh, no, there was a lot to choose from actually. Uh, in you know, I'm not going to pull the old. Uh, it's a tough card tonight because I, I actually I had a tough time even picking which edge of the day I was going to go with here. I saw value on Brooklyn. Love to hear that. I see value on (laughs) Brooklyn. I agreed with Corey on Miami. I agree with Corey on Houston, but I am going to go with the Dallas Mavericks where I laid the two. This is market is coming with me. It's up to three in some spots. Dallas Mavericks are taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. And um, if you didn't kind of catch some of the important points of Corey's breakdown of Dallas, their defense is outstanding. Uh, and I was extremely critical of their coaching hire of Jason Kidd. I did not expect this to go especially well, but I, you know, either him specifically or whoever he brought along uh, as far as defensive assistant coaches are getting the absolute best out of this team defensively. Um, they trade away Porzingis at the trade deadline. Do not miss a beat. Uh, I actually think that opens up the spacing a little bit better in terms of who they would like to put around Luka Doncic. And uh, realistically, Luka, ha- there is no matchup for him. In this game for the Pelicans defensively Pelicans have had a nice little spurt when after trading for CJ McCollum gave them a little bit of a shot in the arm, but they could realistically like the players that they need to be able to match up with Luca in this matchup they sent uh, out the you know out of town in those uh, deadline deals so. I don't see how the Pelicans play much defense in this one, and I think the Mavericks are going to be able to lock down the Pelicans. Uh, My fair price on this one would be five, but uh, again, with the Pelicans not playing for much and Dallas really trying to get their seating right uh, as we head into the home stretch here, I would expect that Dallas is focused and relatively sharp in this game and may win by margin.
4: Not to mention the Pelicans have been struggling at home. Two wins. Their last seven home games, so certainly, uh, certainly a good time to take the road team. I like the Pelicans. We were just showing the line movement on our edge finder, just seeing the money coming in on the Mavericks, and this one bouncing uh, two and a half to three would not be surprised to see this come in in the direction of the Dallas Mavericks. I'll take us to college basketball to close this out, Drew. And it was kind of tough. I thought last night was really tough in college basketball. I told you that. And tonight I found a play that I do love. So let's hope it comes home. I'm taking a look at Washington State, getting a lot of points versus UCLA. UCLA laying nine and a half at home. They've really struggled. They've lost uh, three of their last four games. They had a rematch loss at Arizona. They lost them to Arizona State, if you watch that game, then USC and now, as they're trying to bounce back as a huge favorite in this spot, I think it's going to be tricky. They're, they're facing this Cougars team that really is on its last leg, and I mean really trying to make its last push for the NCAA tournament bid. And they've done well on the road. They force a lot of turnovers. They're really solid against the three, and they're 5-2 and two straight up on the road. I think they can keep this within the number. Not to mention, UCLA has been dealing with a lot of injuries all season long. Jaime Hawkins Jr., still has this lingering ankle injury, which I think could be a problem leading into today's game. We know that's a a huge loss if he's not available or still having that nagging ankle injury. So for the Cougars, just catching as many points as they are for tonight on the road where they've had success, I'm grabbing them nine and a half. I think that's a lot of points with a a struggling, rather, UCLA team that I don't feel comfortable laying close to double digits with. So give me Wazoo, nine and a half tonight, Drew.
3: I like this a lot. I think realistically – UCLA is weirdly overrated. Uh, I know that there was a lot expected out of this team preseason, but totally. as you can see, 10 and 12 so far against the spread this season and everything you pointed out about some player availability matters in my mind. And uh, Wazoo going down saying competitive at Poly uh, seems to be the uh, the right side here. So good luck by you.
4: You know it sucks, and I'll say it like this. You're still in California, right? I miss California. I loved living in Orange County for a little bit, but the sports times especially for west coast games are so much better like can i stay up till 1 a.m eastern to watch this game play out
3: you're not gonna have to worry about it i, I hope think this rocking chair winner
4: that's what I'm hoping. Like you're going I'm gonna be so lucky if I make it till halftime. Wake,
3: wake and cash. Yeah. Yeah, check that's out, what I think. I, be, I normally
4: keep my app open on the score, so if I wake up at <laughs> any time in the middle of the night, it's already on my phone, so I can just see right away when I unlock the good old iPhone. So
3: a lot of the best games today in college basketball are super duper late. So you know, this is uh, this is well the not night for you. Else. You're
4: capping Brazilian volleyball at who knows what hour. Well, yeah, you, so obviously, we yeah, don't yeah. sleep anyway. All right, those are our plays for today. They're locked in. We appreciate you guys joining us here on bet the edge you can obviously find us on twitter at whale underscore capper for drew very active answers a lot of questions gives us insight there as well and i'm sarah perlman we appreciate the time best of luck with all your wagers we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow at 11 a.m eastern take care